88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. The Hong Kong Doctors Union welcomes a plan to supply 100,000 doses of influenza vaccine to private doctors. The pastor helping murder suspect Chan Tong Kai calls for understanding on the part of the victim's mother. Pro-government lawmakers and their pan-democrat rivals trade barbs over delays to LegCo panel elections. And President Trump and his Democratic rival Joe Biden clash in the final and pro possibly crucial debate. The president of the Hong Kong Doctors Union, Henry Yang, said the supply of 100,000 doses of influenza vaccines to private doctors could tackle an imminent shortage of the jabs. The Health Bureau announced that it would allocate 100,000 flu vaccines to private doctors who've joined a government subsidy program to vaccinate people in high-risk groups such as young people and the elderly. Here's Dr. Yang. We uh, come across uh, many doctor members who complain of shortage of influenza vaccines. The government uh, wished to uh, transfer the 100,000 vaccines to the public sector and this uh, good solutions to the imminent problem of vaccine shortage in the market. For the time being, I think uh, it will be covered for the period for one month and uh, it depends on the subsequent shipping of the vaccines overseas from Hong Kong. Meanwhile, the government also sought, to, also sought to allay concerns over a vaccine scare in Korea, where some people have reportedly died after getting flu jabs. It says none of the flu vaccines registered in Hong Kong are supplied by Korea, adding that authorities will closely monitor the situation. Dr. Young said people shouldn't worry, stressing that it's safe to get flu vaccines in Hong Kong. The pastor who is helping murder suspect Chan Tong Kai has appealed for understanding on the part of the victim's mother. Violet Wong has more. The mother of murdered Poon Hee Wing has said she won't plead for Mr. Chen unless he flies to the island by today. But Reverend Peter Kuhn said Mr. Chen, who's determined to return to Taiwan, is still unable to get a visa despite repeated attempts. Today marks the anniversary of Mr. Chen's release from prison on a money laundering charge relating to money and valuables he stole from the victim. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council insists that the SAR government needs to discuss the matter with it before Mr. Chen can return, but Hong Kong officials say the law doesn't allow the government to extradite him or offer legal assistance to Taiwan. The 2018 murder was cited by Chief Executive Carrie Lam to justify pushing her ill-fated extradition bill, which sparked Hong Kong's worst protest in decades. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party lawmaker and lawyer James Toh called on Hong Kong and Taiwanese authorities to sit down and talk. He told an RTHK program that blaming each other won't help. He said the SAR government would owe the victim and her mother if it doesn't work with Taiwan as much as is possible. Pro-government pro lawmakers have expressed frustration after two LegCo panels again failed to conclude chairman elections. All panels except for the IT and welfare services panels chose their chairs last week with the pro-establishment camp aiming for a clean sweep. But the pandems presiding over the elections decided to let candidates explain their platforms and face questioning, angering rival lawmakers. Junius Ho, who's the pro-government camp's chosen person to chair the IT panel, accused Charles Mark of conspiring to disrupt meetings and warned that he would ask the Let's Go president, Andrew Leung, to remove him from the position if this drags on. This sort of the um, procedure could have been just easily resolved and finished within 15 minutes. So therefore, in view of how he was just trying to play out and delay the matter or allow the things to be delayed, that's why it resulted my gentle reminder to him. I would give him the indulgence of time for another meeting. Prolonging to another 
I think that is already too far-fetched. But Democrat Andrew Wan said his allies who presided over the elections have dealt with the matter impartially and accused the pro-government camp of breaking with normal practice in order to speed up the election process. It's unfair to say that we are trying to delay all the panel's work and we just have two panels left and we need to do the chairman and the vice chairman election procedure precisely and legally. I have to emphasize this convention has been proceeded in the past four years. But it seems that the pro-government camp's uh, councillor suddenly forgot what happened in the past four years. KMB says it will sack two workers who allegedly drove a bus away during the night without its permission. The bus operator says it found out at 2 a.m. that a double-decker was missing from a Shantin bus terminal and the computer system showed it was on the move. The bus was later intercepted by police near Chinese University and two men aged 19 and 20 have been detained on suspicion of driving without a license and other offenses. Donald Trump and Joe Biden have challenged each other's record in office in the final debate before November's presidential election. As each man sought to land a decisive blow, the Democratic candidate said Donald Trump should not, shouldn't remain as president when 220,000 Americans have died of the coronavirus. The president said his policies had saved lives and accused his rival of wanting to close down the country. Mr. Biden strongly defended his proposal to raise the minimum wage in the United States. People are making six, seven, eight bucks an hour. These first responders, we all clap for as they come down the street because they've allowed us to make it. What's happening? They deserve a minimum wage of $15. Anything below that puts you below the poverty level. And there is no evidence that when you raise the minimum wage, businesses go out of business. That is simply not true. Joe Biden also said there was institutional racism in the United States and that Donald Trump was one of the most racist presidents in U.S. history. President Trump said no one had done more for the black community than he had, adding that he was the least racist person in the debating room. He also strongly defended the way his administration had dealt with illegal immigrants and their children. Children are brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, and they're brought here and they used to use them to get into our country. We now have as strong a border as we've ever had. We're over 400 miles of brand new wall. You see the numbers and we let people in, but they have to come in legally. But a lot of these kids come out without the parents. They come over through cartels and through coyotes and through gangs. The BBC's David Willis said this debate was more measured than the first debate last month in Cleveland, Ohio. Americans continue to tell pollsters here that their chief concern at the moment is the coronavirus and predictably perhaps the two candidates clashed over President Trump's handling of that crisis with Joe Biden accusing him of mismanaging the response. The president, for his part, continued to insist that the country has turned the corner as far as the coronavirus is concerned. Some of the sharpest exchanges came in regard to overseas business dealings with both candidates accusing the other of profiting from deals with foreign adversaries. Joe Biden strenuously denied the president's characterization of his family as a criminal enterprise and he made the point that he, Mr. Biden, has freely released copies of his tax returns, unlike Donald Trump. U.S. security agencies say Russian hackers have targeted the networks of dozens of government departments in the United States in recent days and stolen data from at least two servers. 
The warning comes less than two weeks before the U.S. presidential election, sparking fears of interference with the vote. The BBC's Narish Kaushik reports. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security said Russian-sponsored hackers targeted the U.S. state and local government departments and aviation networks. It comes a day after the U.S. Director of National Intelligence said Iran and Russia had both attempted to interfere in the forthcoming election. Four years ago, actors working on behalf of Moscow were accused of hacking email accounts of the Democratic National Committee to try to help Donald Trump. The latest hacking attempt will raise concerns that Russia is trying to do the same this time. President Trump has released his own recording of what he says was a biased television interview. The news channel which conducted the interview, CBS, said Mr. Trump had disregarded an agreement not to release the White House footage ahead of broadcast on Sunday. Mr. Trump had complained about the interview, saying it showed hatred and rudeness towards him. Donald Trump's controversial nomination of the conservative judge Amy Coney Barrett to fill a vacancy on the Supreme Court has cleared another hurdle. A full Senate vote is now due to be held next week after the Republican-controlled Judiciary Committee approved the president's choice. The Democrats called it a sham. They insist the vote should wait until after the presidential election. Diane Feinstein is a Democrat on the committee. The Democratic members of the Judiciary Committee did not have the votes to defeat Judge Barrett in committee. At that point, there was no further reason to participate in a committee process that has been used to rush this nominee forward. I will be voting against Judge Barrett on the floor. President Xi Jinping issued a sharp warning to potential invaders in a speech to mark the 70th anniversary of China's entry into the Korean War, the only time Chinese forces have fought U.S. rivals. Mr. Xi said victory in the 1950-53 conflict was a reminder that his nation stood ready to fight anyone creating trouble on China's doorstep. The Korean War is often cited by the ruling Communist Party, who in recent years have been the target of President Trump. Washington angered Beijing this week by saying it had agreed to sell over one billion U.S. dollars worth of missiles to Taiwan. Face-to-face talks resume in London later today between the chief negotiators of the European Union and Britain over a post-Brexit trade agreement after a week-long standoff. Last Friday, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the talks were over unless the EU fundamentally changed its position. The BBC's Rob Watson has more. The EU has now said that both sides, not just the UK, need to compromise and that it is prepared to intensify the talks. But major differences remain, fundamentally, over the extent to which Britain will need to abide by EU rules or some equivalent in order to retain access to the European Union's vast single market. The Nigerian president, Muhammadu Buhari, has called for an end to protests against police brutality, which have led to widespread unrest. In a short televised address, Mr. Buhari made no direct mention of the shooting of demonstrators in Lagos on Tuesday, which has been blamed on the military. He said he was pained by the loss of innocent lives, but added that the movement had been hijacked and his government was committed to protecting lives and property. Huawei says its revenue growth slowed significantly in the first nine months of 2020, blaming intense pressure during the coronavirus and also U.S. moves to cut off its access to vital components. 
the leading global supplier of telecoms networking equipment and a top smartphone producer, grossed 671.3 billion yuan, or about 778.5 billion Hong Kong dollars, in revenue from January to September. That's a rise of 9.9% year-on-year, but is still down on the 24.4% growth it posted over the same period last year. Its profit margin also slipped to 8.0% from 8.7% last year. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 104.71 yen. The euro standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 17 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 12 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,945. That's 160 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $57 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with local football. The Eastern forward Everton Camargo has been named most favorite player in the recently completed Hong Kong Premier League season following a vote amongst the media and fellow players. The Brazilian is the only player to receive an honor in a COVID-hit 2019-20 campaign. The pandemic brought an abrupt end to the women's and lower league competitions, with the annual awards ceremony scrapped. Everton scored 12 goals for Eastern in all competition and helped the club secure the FA Cup and Senior Shield. Meanwhile, the new 2020-21 Hong Kong football season kicks off tomorrow with group games in the Sapling Cup. But a start date for the new Premier League season has yet to be determined. The FA is working on a new schedule after the departure of RNF reduced the competition to eight teams. Our football commentator Chris K.L. Lau says the league may introduce a playoff round to fill the schedule and generate more interest. The loss of RNF from Hong Kong football not only makes the league less competitive, to be fair, it means less games will be played. So one solution proposed is to add playoffs to extend the number of games at the end of the season to just generate more fan interest. Given the fact that recent champions Taipo are not even competing and giants like South China are now playing professional, the local game is truly regressing. Sponsorship and funding issues will again continue and we'll even have to see if there are eight teams next season. Yes, RNF were not universally popular, but at least they were competitive and unfortunately many of their players are now unemployed. Hong Kong football as a product needs to attract sponsors back and this will not be easy. There were wins for all three English teams on match day one in the group stage of the Europa League. Arsenal had to come from behind to beat Rapid Vienna 2-1 in Austria. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang came off the bench to score the winner on the 74th minute. Leicester City had a 3-0 win at home, beating the Ukrainian side Zoria Luhansk. Tottenham defeated the visiting Austrian side Lask Linz also by a score of 3-0. Gareth Bale made his first start in a Spurs shirt since 2013. The Welshman played 60 minutes and assisted on the second goal. It's a big reason why I play well and um, why I wanted to come back. I think uh, you want to you want to be loved, you want to be appreciated, and um, yeah, to come back here, I'll, I'll give everything for for the shirt. And uh, yeah, I think when I get when I get fully match fit, I'll I'll be up and running, and uh, yeah, just enjoying being back on the pitch and uh, enjoying being back at this amazing club. There were contrasting fortunes for the two Scottish sides. Rangers beat Standard Liège 2-0 in Belgium, while Celtic lost at home 3-1 to AC Milan. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting, ending the news from RTHK.
And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon, Friday the twenty third of 